Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? What is it that you hate most about the industry? The insularness, the echo chamber. I, I despise the fact that we don't listen to people. Don't get me wrong. This is not universal. There's some amazing people in this industry. I, I, I look up to people like Chris Blask and uh, Alan Friedman. They're, they're, they're mentors of mine, Jack Daniel. I'm incredibly lucky to have these wonderful people in my life and to know them, to learn from them. And they have such wide ranging interests that you can talk to them about stuff outside of security. But the echo chamber effect of security is not easy and compliance is similar. It has to be this way because that's what the rules say. Yeah, but there's reality that intrudes on that. And the fact that we've tried to use scare tactics for so long, FUD is just, everybody's jaded to FUD, man. It, it, we're done with that. So it's, there's a lot I like and love and enjoy about this industry, including the community aspect of it. And there's quite a bit I'm not fond of, shall we say. In my career, I'm the kind of person who would go to a conference and I'd wear a suit, right? And I'd wear high heels. I put my makeup on. I'll do my hair. Like, that's the way I like to present myself in the world. And I've had comments from men that I don't look credible because I don't have glasses and a beard because I don't have this, like, things I could never control, right? Or, you know, I don't look, you know, glossy enough to be in security or things like that. And I'm like, can we stop that? Can the person that's in security just be recognized and credible for what they say, for what they know, for their actions, rather than for their looks? So I don't know. The first thing that just jumped to my mind is a company in Canada. If I remember, they're called something North Security. I don't remember the exact name or Atlantic Security, Atlantic Security. They did a thing to remove stereotypes from people in the security realm. And they had a campaign called Do We Look Like Hackers? Where they invited mm -hmm. everybody to uh, upload a picture of theirs and put the hashtag Do We Look Like Hackers? And then everybody who did that received a t-shirt that says Do We Look Like Hackers? That was sent everywhere. It didn't matter where in the world they were. They received their t-shirt. And I found that was so nice and so brought people together and like everybody did upload a picture and I uploaded a picture with my daughter and it was just wonderful to see the whole diversity that like, you know, hacker is not that person with the hoodie and it's not that person that has to have purple hair and it's not that, you know, the certain dress style, you don't have to be goth, you don't have to be this, that or the other, which is like some eccentric ways to, to look. So I find that from this company, Atlantic Security, was so a wonderful thing that they did and so helpful. And I wish they'd do it again. I wish they'd do it again. They don't have to send T-shirts, but, you know, to kind of keep that awareness of the, the true essence of everybody working in security. Nick, what do you hate most about the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, I think um, buzzwords annoy the hell out of me, um, mostly because they're used by non-technical people. Um, and, uh, like the, the 
slides that I call it architecture, where it just looks so sexy and, you know, the concept makes sense, but then they're using it in terms of, you know, uh, just trying to use this buzzword like zero trust, right? Zero trust or sassy or, uh, you know, things like that. It's just, it's, it's annoying. And yeah. um, I really don't like it. Just, it almost like it's a disingenuous undertone to it, right? Like you, you're coming up with this new, what you think is this new space and you're trying to call it something that is attractive, which I understand, right? I see both sides of it, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like it. Cause if you get into those conversations and deeply pull those topics apart, you'll find out that most of the people that are saying them don't actually understand what, what it really means. So Tal, tell me, what do you hate most about the cybersecurity industry? Wow, that's a big question. I think I, there's quite a long list, but I think my num my current number one is probably the gatekeeping that I have been seeing in the last few years, which is seems to be getting worse and worse, from a certain generation of security practitioners that seems to think that you need to have twenty years experience, uh, five different certifications, and about three advanced degrees before you are allowed to apply for a for a you know first tier stock analyst. It seems like the, it, it's kind of became the Valhalla of ideas that you have to be the most experienced person in everything because you can even imagine working for security. That really pisses me off because mm -hmm. on the one hand, we keep complaining that we have zero people. On the other hand, we make everything possible to actually stop new people from coming into the industry or moving from other parts of IT. So I think that that probably be is my current number one. I think we need to have more of where we're just, we're just discussing what, what hasn't worked you know, being completely open and candid and understanding that in order for us to actually fix a lot of problems in the industry, we need to look at ourselves and say, you know what, a 25 year old that just graduated college, who's working in a sock and knock or startup vendor, whether they're in, you know, engineering, pre-sales, marketing, you know, trying to get into lead, no matter what, if they're not shown the right path and the right way to analyze and think, they're going to fall into potentially the same issues, you know, that some of us have fallen where it's like, I don't like that vendor, that vendor, I don't like them just because of X, you know, and I love this vendor because of marketing or, you know, for certain reasons, right? We need to change that, you know, because even us as evaluators, when we're picking a, a vendor, um, we need to be open-minded, right? So as a CISO, what do you hate most about the industry? <laughs> um. I think some of the things that just get kind of frustrating is the people will get companies, you'll get focused on a particular subject like machine learning or AI. And that's all you hear. I've got, we got AI and everything. We got blockchain and everything. We got machine learning and everything. And um, that drives me nuts because especially today, you pretty much expect most technologies are going to have machine learning in them. That's just table stakes. I don't really care about that. Tell me how am I going to use it? What problems are going to solve? Why should I care? Why are you different than the other half a dozen companies that are doing the same thing? And so I, I kind of, at times I think, um, we have this herd mentality where you'll have a bunch of companies. They'll just kind of squash into a sector and they're all doing the same thing. It's just different colors of the same thing. And that just drives me nuts. I'm trying to solve a problem. I'm trying to protect my company. I've got a unique 
business case for what I'm trying to do. And I hate having to deal with six to a half a dozen or more vendors who are all doing the same thing. This is the, this is, this is what's killing me. You, you know, vendors exist to solve a problem, help mm -hmm. us solve the damn problem, help mm -hmm. us do that without the noise, help us do that ethically, morally, help us do that quickly, cut out the crap. Let's just get stuff done. And if it's not a match, well, it's not a match. Let's move on. There's plenty of us and plenty of you. Like it's just, it's a, as long, if we can do this in a organized and, and I say good, but like in quotations, whatever that means, we can build that framework. We can do that in that manner here, then it's going to be success for years to come. I'm, I'm dealing with some people and some companies where there were multiple people like that. I've been dealing with them for years and I continue to bring them on. And even if they're not necessarily a part of the sale in any one place, part of the conversation, more people know about them, more connections, and then we go all we all go with our separate ways and then meet up again there. And again, there's more value there. Mm -hmm. But like so many things, we're not doing enough to be uh, deliberate about it, right? So this, yes. your effort, what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, these salespeople is that it's, it's, it's a dedicated effort for improvement uh, which I'm going to benefit from for years to come. The work you're doing is helping me now and in 20 years. Hopefully, I'm still doing this in 20 years, but yeah, we'll see. I, I want to know, though, what you hate most about this industry. The ambulance chasing is probably ambulance my number chasing. one. Colonial pipeline hits, and all of a sudden, 4,768 vendors are hitting me up with, don't be the next colonial pipeline. You know, solar winds hits and it's the exact same thing again. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whoever's vulnerability du jour it is, you know, Citrix or whoever over the years, Target, Home Depot, it doesn't matter. Equifax, you know, the bad thing happens to somebody somewhere. And, none, you know, some huge percentage of the vendor community, I don't know, 60% of them jump on this ambulance chasing bandwagon. And I just, I hate that. I hate it. What's the alternative though? So. Taking advantage of negative press for other entities to me is not a good first foot in the door, right? It's okay to acknowledge that stuff like that happens. It's okay to have a, a really crisp, clean, and clear association of literally we were the ones who could have stopped that. But I think the problem is 90% of the people that are doing that kind of marketing believe they're the ones that could have stopped it and only 10% probably really were. So it's best to just stay away from that approach altogether. It's best to just stick with the basics and the fundamentals. Like, look, are you, are you concerned about this particular area of cyber? If you are, come check us out. That's what we do. It should really be a conversation. I think, I think the initial approach that a lot of marketers do with CISOs, there's the insulting approach. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the like, do you even care about security? <laughs> yes, of course I do. That's why I'm a CISO. Um, if you wanted to do it right, you'd go with us. That's awfully arrogant. Um, you know, uh, oh, don't be the next colonial pipeline. Uh, I had no intention of, and in fact, that particular vulnerability isn't even a problem on mine anyway. You know, we're yeah. the only ones who can fix and solve. No, I can guarantee you I can go to the Momentum Cyberscape and find 18 others just like you, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, you know, it, it's about coming in positive. It's about coming in with a with a positive message of, hey, you know, don't know you from a hole in the ground, Mr. or Mrs. CISO, you know, whoever you're engaging and talking to. I, I don't know you from a hole in the ground. I, I have to make some fundamental assumptions that you know what you're doing and you're good at your job and you have missions and, and, and focuses and areas of concern. 
I'm not going to presume as a complete stranger to ask you to tell me what your areas of concern are, and I'm not going to presume as a complete stranger to tell you what they are either. Um, but I will say, hey, are you are you concerned about X? Are you interested in Y? Are you looking to do Q? Is Z something you've been you know starting to investigate? Because we do you know A, B, Q, or Z or whatever it might be. Um, start with those positive kinds of conversations, and I really think it's that simple. And and what that means is you're not going to get a, a positive hit. As a marketer, you're not going to get a positive response back on some huge amount of effort you send out there, be it LinkedIn posts, emails, calls, whatever you're doing. You're not going to get as much response if you just take the higher ground. But yeah. when you do get that response, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have started on a genuine foot in terms of building that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So take me through on the flip side. What what kind what you despise about this industry? What what's the challenge? The that one challenge that you're dealing with right now. So two parts to that. So there's mm -hmm. what I despise about the industry, and then there's the big challenge, and they're not the same thing. Yeah. So what I despise about the industry is the mafioso type of behavior, the very mm -hmm. criminal-like behavior that I see demonstrated by the industry. Uh, these people are scared. A lot of times when we meet them, it's at, a, at one of their worst moments. Their business is, is in the middle of, of being taken down by cyber criminals. They don't know if they can feed their colleagues that next morning, right? They don't know if they're going to stay in business. And instead of coming in and providing help, we come in and shove a bunch of, of tooling in their face and a bunch of, of high buck consulting that doesn't actually move the needle, right? So it's the victimization of the clients and the customers that I hate about our industry. Now, what is my biggest challenge? I actually am very excited about this. I love to talk about this. I believe the biggest challenge in our industry today is that we do not speak human being. Mm. Because we do not speak human being, we talk tech. We are missing opportunities every minute, every hour, and every day to connect in meaningful ways with the people we've been charged with protecting. And by connecting with them in a meaningful way, we actually create an active defender. And the best security control that anybody can have are employees who are active participants in the defense of the organization. But the only way that I have found to achieve that is through personal understanding of what drives that human and then speaking human to them. I'll give you a quick analogy. Uh, recently I found a new way to describe what happens when you click a phishing link, had a friend terrible at it, failed the phishing test like 30 times in a row. I'm like, seriously, what's your problem? Right? I said, I said, tell me what you think happens when you cl click that link. They said, I get malware and the malware goes to the server. I said, okay, that's a pretty good description. But what does that mean? They said, I have no idea. And I said to them, well, what if I told you that when you click the link, you've held open the door and invited the bad guy to come sit down in the living room unattended with all your stuff. Oh my gosh, why has no one ever said that before? You mean my actions affect the company that way? Yes. Oh my God, I get it now. I don't want to do that. This person has been getting phishing and, and security awareness training for over 20 years. But it wasn't until human was spoken to them in a way that yeah. made sense to them, right? Exactly. So that's my exactly. biggest challenge. That's what I fight every day is how do I simplify this? How do I humanize this? so that we can start having conversations. It's not that people don't want to protect themselves. They just don't understand the why it's important because every time we've explained it, we opened up with tech talk. The one thing I hate in our industry is bullying and fear and putting other people down. 
and using that in your kind of marketing tactics is, you know, that, that what you're doing is you're doing you know, psychology, you're using fear and you're making people feel bad so that they can contact you to get 10 minutes of your time. That is for me is the worst tactics ever. Um, and it really, it, it, it angers me <laughs> mm -hmm. those techniques. Um, cause ultimately it's, it's, it's my time, which is valuable, um, mm -hmm. and to try and make me feel, feel bad by not giving a person who hasn't pulled any trust up at any time is the wrong thing to do. And there's, there's, I mean, there's some large vendors who take that tactics. I think that they, they should really look at hard look at themselves. I think it'd be good to start report, having a way of reporting it. Not so much, you know, one is reporting back to the vendors to say, you know, like we do with, uh, vulnerabilities, here's your marketing tactics. Is this something you're comfortable with doing? Maybe there's this disconnect between the management team and those who are doing the campaigns. Maybe there's no communication there. Uh, maybe people's left to do their own types of messages. Um, so I think it's important, almost like a kind of, uh, uh, was it the vulnerability kind of reporting, um, system, but for marketing campaigns. I like people who are in the, you know, in this industry for the right reasons. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't have any tolerance for people who are in this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, I hate. I hate seeing people get taken advantage of, period. It doesn't matter if it's with information security. It doesn't matter if it's somebody walking down the street. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, we're here to love people and protect people. And, you know, and you come off like you're a badass, but at the end of the day, you're a big softy and you just, you know, you love people. What is it about these, like, uh, I don't know, like powerhouse, right? Like these leading vendors that pisses you off. Well, I think fundamentally you're not in the game for the right reason. Hmm. This is a service industry. It doesn't matter what, pro you know, if you got all these products or whatever you do, you know, this is a service industry. We're here to protect people. We're not here to, you know, sell them a bunch of goods unless the goods are actually there to protect people. And I think sometimes you cross a line when, um, you know, Arctic Wolf is great at, you know, take them or Accenture. They're fun. Uh, I was in a, um, occasionally they invite me to, what was it? Blue Ribbon Commission for the state of Minnesota. Um, and it was, it was first, Dell was first, and then it was Accenture, and then it was me. And it was good that I was going last because I, you know, it's always nice to play cleanup because, you know, I can rip on their other stuff. And so, Dell was preaching zero trust. You know, I got nothing wrong with zero trust as long as you know what that is and you know how to do it. And then uh, Accenture, you know, same kind of thing, zero trust. And they had these slides, man. They were so slick. It was like, wow, I want to buy all of that. Like, I don't care what my budget is. I'll find budget for this. And then um, it came to me. So one of the questions that you know, they're preaching zero trust and this, the CISO for the state of Minnesota, which is Rohit Tandon, great guy, really good dude. Um, he asked Accenture, well, okay, so say I'm interested in zero trust, where do I start? And the guy had no answer. I was like, mm -hmm. I mean, how the fuck can you not answer that question? So, you know, being that I'm clean up, 
I hurried up and added a slide to my deck, you know, where to start with Zero Trust. Because, you know, it's the basics. It's the fundamentals. We're still, you know, I'm, I've been in this industry for 30 years. We're still doing the same shit. What really matters is, I think, understanding what a person's motive is and where they come from. Yeah. Uh, we do the CISP mentor program. We started that in 2010 with six students. It's free, 100%, like free. No strings attached. I don't, we don't want a dime. We don't want any, we don't want anything. And we started in 2010 with six students. Last year, we had 6,500 students sign up. This year, they're telling me that we'll have 10,000. But the point is on that is uh, we want you in this industry. We need you. Uh, what we need is people who will stand up to the bullshit. The mission is to fix the broken industry, not to make money. We will make money, focus on the mission. A lot of companies start out in the right spot. Even Arctic Wolf you know, started off in the right spot. I think CrowdStrike started off in the right spot. Uh, they just they take those investments and then they have to answer for the dollars. Uh, and I get how that happens. That's why we've never taken investments. Uh, we took an investment actually in Secure Studio, but it was 10%. You can't have a controlling interest because I don't want to have to answer for those dollars above the mission. You tell me. What do you hate most about the industry? Ooh, it might surprise you actually. Um, I think I I hate most about the cybersecurity industry the the egos. There there are a select few, and this is kind of it's one thing I like about cybersecurity is everybody. Most people seem to work as a team, and it's it's not like in in the developer world where you could be heads down only focusing on your code and you don't have to talk to another human being, maybe unless you do a code review. In cybersecurity, you do have to reach out. You have, you can't know everything. Um, there are a select few individuals who, I don't know, they seem very prima donna. That's not who I am. That's not, I don't like detention. I don't like limelight. So it annoys me some people um, who are and I hate this term too, like influencers. And I was like, it seems like all they do is just want attention. And I, I think in the cybersecurity industry, we we also, we do a bad job of like feeding into that. Um, and I think that can, that can also weed out a lot of the other voices in the room. So then you'll have like some very strong personalities and very strong voices. Um, and then you don't get to hear the other voices. And I try to be very cognizant of that. And I try to, um, you know, I get asked to speak a lot. So I try to divert and I will say, no, actually, let me introduce you to somebody else. They haven't gotten a chance to speak yet. You should hear from them. They have something, they have a really cool talk or whatever. Let me recommend them to you instead of me. Um, and I wish more people in, in the industry would do that. Um, you know, if you've had your turn, share, share the mic, you know, shout out to, to my friend who founded Share the Mic at Cyber. Um, and so I, I think that's the <clears throat> that's the biggest thing is like there there can be a lot of egos in this industry. And there shouldn't be. In cybersecurity, it should just be a team. We all work together. We all watch each other's backs, especially on the blue, t blue team side. Um, and I, I think that will also help alleviate some of the other issues right the pay, pay equity issues or you know 
making a more inclusive and diverse and equitable work environment. Leave, check your ego at the door. We don't yeah. need that. Mm-hmm. And that goes for both genders because I've had women be very egotistical, men be very egotistical. So that's equal opportunity being a shithead, I think, with the egos. Tell me a little bit what you hate most about the cybersecurity industry. I think the thing that gets to me most is the battle them with bullshit mindset that too many people have. And I know that there are a lot of practitioners out there who are guilty of this. I know there are a lot of vendors out there who are guilty about this. Um, there are t- too many people think that if you fall into jargon and start spouting geek speak, that you're going to impress people. In fact, the opposite is true. All you're going to do is turn them off because they're going to start tuning you out and then you've lost your message and potentially you've lost an opportunity that could be quite valuable. So security at the end of the day is always always around business risk and what it means for our business if we get it wrong. And if I cannot explain to my executives what the business risk is, what the um, of a particular vulnerability or um, whatever the case may be, if I cannot explain how it could potentially impact uh, our achievement of our strategy, I failed completely. I want to dig into some of the juicy, the juicy stuff here. Yeah. Um, which gets a lot of traction because we always want to know as marketers and sellers what you hate most about this this industry, the cybersecurity industry. Um, cold calls. I really hate those cold emails or whatever you want to call them. Um, I, I get a lot of those and they go straight into my spam folder. It's just not necessary to do that. If, if I need something, I'll reach out. I'll, I'll do my initial assessment. I'll reach out and go after that. Uh, the second thing is overpromise and underdeliver. Just be honest what the product can and cannot do. And I, I asked a couple of vendors that I work with um, and have worked with in the past. Okay, so so from a business risk perspective, let's say this this SaaS product or this DAS product or this 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 scanner that you have, does it know when there's a business logic flaw in here? And nine out of ten times they immediately say yes, which is absolutely blatantly false. Because how can a scanner understand the, uh, the, the context in which an application actually works uh, inside a business? And if you, if, you, you know, if you can't put it into the app so that it knows that, and most of these, these, these tools that you can get, they can't do that, uh, if not all. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that proper business risk assessment, business security mm-hmm. risk assessment. One last thing before we kind of um, wrap up here. And, and this is not just about the marketers, the salespeople, the vendors in the industry, the industry itself, cybersecurity, the market. Yeah. What do you hate most about it? We're not all rowing in the same direction. I'm just thinking about this. It's so those of us that are at the pointy end, we're fighting. And I mean, this is not fun. We're fighting. And not only are we fighting our adversaries that are trying to get in, we're fighting sales, marketing, vendors, and suppliers. That sucks. Because I'm fighting facing forward and I'm also having to watch my back. That's never a good situation to be in. What it should be is 
vendors, suppliers, and marketers should be sitting there going, hey, how much more ammo do you need? You covered? I got you covered. What do you need? How do you need? Hey, uh, I noticed you're using this. I can't help but, hey, George has got some more ammo over there. Hey, George, get your ass over here. Uh, hey, he's got you covered. I'll see you next week or next month or next year. That's what we need. And we don't have that. Uh, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and that that hurts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Audience First. If you like what you've heard, feel free to follow or subscribe to Audience First on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast streamers.